0: Welcome to the Biology of Trauma podcast, the show that provides professionals with the knowledge and tools for effective science-based solutions for the trauma healing journey. I am your host, Dr. Amy, and I've done the hard work so you can stop your in-the-searching, have a roadmap for your own work, and be able to help others more powerfully. Welcome to this episode of the Biology of Trauma podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Amy, and in this episode, we are going to be diving into practical tips for better sleep for trauma work. When it comes to trauma work, sleep is an essential part of healing, and yet stored trauma in the body can also make it very difficult to get sleep. Ah, so what do we do? In this episode, we are diving into those practical tips that you can apply immediately. I interviewed Misty Williams for the Biology of Trauma Summit 2.0, And I'm going to share excerpts from that interview, along with some additional teaching on where to start with sleep and trauma so you can be on your way to getting better sleep for trauma work. I have broken this episode into three sections. Section one, practical tips for getting high quality and better sleep. Section two, personalizing this sleep journey. And section three, the place to start. So let's jump in with part one. Let's get practical on what we can do for better sleep for trauma work.
1: What do we do to start sleeping? You know, in the evenings, be mindful of the conversations that you're having and what you're letting go in and actually start relaxing and doing the things. Take a bath at night. Maybe do some yoga and stretching. If that really speaks to you and helps you to get in your body and calm Mm -hmm. down. Yes. I put the amber glasses on as soon as the sun goes down. Been doing it for ten years. It's just a habit for me. Set a reminder on your phone. If you have a hard time making it a habit for you, I mean, you can get amber glasses for less than twenty bucks on Amazon, and there's just no reason why you shouldn't be popping those babies on. You know, right? Like the amber glasses. Yep. So your body can start producing melatonin. You know, Mm -hmm. I mean, the melatonin increase actually takes hours. Yes. It takes hours for your body to produce enough melatonin to induce sleep for you. So. You have to just support your body and being able to sleep. And then some of the easy things in the bedroom to do is you have to get rid of every bit of light in your room. And you would be amazed when you start, hold your hand up in front of your face. Can you see it? If you can see it, it's too bright in your room. So all the things, I mean, it was this. And again, that light is just a signal for your nervous system that it's supposed to be alive Mm -hmm. and everything, the curling iron in my bathroom. that's like (laughs) way down there. And how is that? And something on the plug, you know, on the floor and You know, we got room darkening curtains and that's really helpful. I sleep on a chili pad. I love it so much. I was going to
0: say, I am hoping that we're going to steer this towards temperature because yeah, cold is so important
1: for deep sleep. Mm. So the reason why the dark is an important thing, it's not enough to wear an eye mask. People think, oh, I'm just going to wear an eye mask. And that's enough. But you actually have red blood cells flowing through every cell in your body, through your skin. And if light touches your skin, there's receptors inside the red blood cell that says, oh, light stop melatonin production. Exactly. It must be daytime. So you're just, you're, if you want good deep sleep, you have to have a lot of melatonin in your body. And if your body is detecting light, it's suppressing melatonin. This is why dark is so important for good deep sleep. There was a time I started tracking. So I have a Garmin that functions very similarly to the aura ring for tracking sleep. And when I first started tracking sleep a couple of years ago, I was getting an hour and a half of deep sleep. Now I get like three to five hours of deep sleep every night. Like it's significantly more when I didn't, I don't take any, I don't take anything to sleep. I'm very fortunate Mm -hmm. at this stage, having done this for so long that my melatonin, a great test to see like how all these markers are is Dutch. I love the Dutch test for this, but it will test your melatonin. It tests your stress curve, just like an, you know, ASI, um, will do and, um, and all your hormone levels too. And, Um, and my melatonin is in like the top 15% because I do a lot of things to support my body and do a lot to support
0: that. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: So, you know, if you need melatonin support, take it. Yeah. I would say people that are concerned about being, about getting, you know, addicted to melatonin, or is it going to turn off feedback loops in my mind? I'm like, who gives a flip if it does, because if you're not sleeping, it's that just bodes terrible for you.
0: This is you the know? place to start. Not that we're going to stay on it, but it's right. a place. We don't to want start to stay on it forever, but you know what? Some sleep.
1: people are wrecked mm-hmm. enough that they need to and right. do it. Yep. You know, you have to have mm-hmm. melatonin to sleep. Like the yep. alternative is then I don't right. it help me sleep and I don't sleep. And you know what? Sleeping is when you're heat, when you heal. Sleeping so all is these issues heal. that yep. we have that we need to heal yep. from, we just can't do it. protocols. Aren't working for me that work for everybody else. Well, it's because you're not sleeping. Right. It's the first thing. Dr. Roger Murphy specializes in working with fibromyalgia patients. And on my um sleep summit that I did earlier this year, he said the very first thing I do with my fiber patients before we explore any treatments or protocols is I have to get them sleeping. Cause if they're not sleeping, nothing's working. And that's it's why sleep
0: is fundamentally one of the first so important. That I address with my biology of trauma course. It's like I have to, I have to get you sleeping because that is when your nervous system actually has a rest and has any chance of rewiring out of these survival states that we are in constantly right now yeah. and especially if a person is struggling with this you know chronic pull towards the overwhelm like you and I from our childhoods i have to address sleep so sleep and brain inflammation are actually the first two things that i usually hit pretty hard in the biology yeah. of trauma course sleep has been something that i've had to work at it didn't come naturally and i had to figure out all of the the blackout curtains and the temperature and the, the blue light blockers, the amber glasses, all of these factors that go into getting that quality of sleep, it has been helpful to measure some things in order to to know, like, am I, where, (laughs) right? Like where, where am I at? Um, and I've been able to notice with that, like, Hey, this is my cutoff point for eating dinner. Because if I eat after this, I see it in my numbers. And I obviously feel it the next morning too. Right. Like I'm waking up and I'm feeling groggy. I'm right. My stomach's not happy. Sometimes I even have a little bit of just muscles, just fatigued and aching. I'm like, ah, yes, I ate, I ate either the wrong thing or I ate too, too late last night. Like all of these lifestyle things create our sleep quality. And so it kind of puts it back into our plate, which again, thank you so much for coming on and speaking today about this, because this puts us back in that position of empowerment where we are creating our sleep sanctuary and it starts in the morning (laughs) actually. And the choices that, um, you're, you're making in the morning for your activities, the sunlight, stacking those things that are more stressful, that are going to get you into sympathetic, even the exercise, get that in earlier in the day so that your body has the rest of the day that it needs to make these hormone changes and bring this melatonin up because it does take hours. It's not mm-hmm. something that you can just decide, okay, I'm done working and now I'm going to go right to sleep. It doesn't work that way. Work we that have right. to, we have to yeah. give the, I wish I really body. wish it did. Right? I, know, I wish I <laughs> wish. The practical tips of winding down in the evenings and watching my light were game changers for me. It was not uncommon for me to exercise in the evenings because that is when I had time, work on my computer or be on other screens up until going to bed. And so when I started implementing these changes and then added blackout curtains, this was amazing for my sleep. I will be curious to hear what you find is something you can do differently from those practical tips and just see if, and what a difference it makes. And I want to give you a reason to invest this much thought and time into your sleep. One principle I teach in my biology of trauma professional training program is that we want to find a leverage point. We want to find leverage points for the trauma healing journey, whether that's for us or for the patients and clients that we work with. We want to find those things that are easy to implement that may seem small, but that end up making a big difference. Although this is different for each person, sleep is often one of those main leverage points. Small hinges swing big doors. Making small shifts can give us a big output. I will never forget Lori, middle-aged female, chronic sleep issues for so long, and had resorted to taking melatonin every night for sleep. Every night. She had wanted to get off the melatonin, but had tried and then would lay in bed staring at the ceiling until she surrendered and just took the melatonin. So here she was now taking the 21 day journey with me. She wasn't taking the 21 day journey for sleep issues, but just because she had resonated with a masterclass I taught on store trauma in the body and recognized that I was speaking to her. So she starts this 21 day journey and she's showing up, she's doing the daily somatic exercise, coming to the group meetings, the days that she could, And learning to shift her nervous system to a state of calm aliveness, just starting with creating moments of safety. In one of the open share times we have in the 21 day journey, Lori raised her hand. I called on her and she shared with the group. Here's what she said. Over this week, I have decided to stop my melatonin to experiment with that. I had no idea what she was going to say next. I almost was holding my breath because I'm like, she stopped her melatonin. What is she going to say? And then she said it. I've been sleeping without a struggle. This was huge for Lori and I got goosebumps. It was everything that you want, but it had come true for her by just doing and applying the somatic exercises you learn in the 21 day journey. That is how big of a difference addressing the underlying autonomic nervous system can make. Once we are sleeping better Again, this is the leverage point that will swing big doors. So many changes can happen, but how do you know where to start with sleep? When I was starting my healing journey, I knew that my sleep had to improve. It was clear that it was a leverage point for me. And so I committed to figuring it out. In part two, this next section of this podcast, I want to share with you how personalized this journey is. And then in part three, going to where to start the one step to take now for improving your sleep. Let's start with personalizing what time you go to bed. And here is Misty
1: again. I just want to speak to this idea of when should you sleep and how much should you Mm -hmm. sleep? Because for years, my story was I'm a night owl. I didn't go to bed before 2am from 18 to 35. And I mean, never. I just, I got a second wind around 9 PM and I just loved that extra surge of productivity. And, and I'm, because of how I'm wired, I was super uber productive with that time. Right. So, um, mornings for me were terrible. I didn't know that waking up, feeling rested in the morning was even a thing. Like people would talk about, and I'm this Uber achiever, right. Cause if I was raised, so they would talk about like, you need to get up in the morning at 5 AM and do your, do your journaling and devotions and, you know, prime yourself for your day. And like all the things in my head, I'm thinking, how do these people, I would try getting up at five, when you getting up at 5.00 AM, when you go to bed at 2.00 AM is like a non-starter. It's not working. Right. I, I would make efforts to like, get up early. You've, you've got to go to bed. You have to get to bed between nine and 10 for most of us, biologically, some people need to get to bed at like eight. There are people that are wired that way that you need to go to bed really early. And then some people are wired where they go to bed at 1.00 AM. Dr. Michelle Sands is one of them. She, she can go to, she feels the best when she goes to bed at about one. I'm so jealous of her. Um, I, I would have said at one time, I'm that person, except the tell is how do you feel when you're waking up in the morning. Right. If you are wired to go to bed at one a.m., then you're going to wake up seven, eight hours later, and you're going to feel fantastic. You know, you're going to be ready for your day. If you're not wired that way, you're going to feel like you've been hit by a Mack truck and exhausted, and you're going to be dragging yourself out of bed. You know, and calling yourself, uh, yeah, I'm. I'm just not a morning person. I'm just not a morning (laughs) person. That was that was my story for half my life, right? So or more. So. It's just super important that we get really gritty, honest about the fact that we have to go to bed. (laughs) And for a while, my going to bed was laying in bed, like I couldn't sleep, right? It took me an hour sometimes to fall asleep. And then I would still sleep until the same get up time as two. And I was utterly exhausted. It took me six months to get to the point where I started feeling, I wouldn't say fully refreshed. I would say not exhausted. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and the sleep thing for me has been years because it wasn't just a lifestyle habit of sleep. I also had to get the proper diagnosis of Epstein-Barr so I could do something about it. I had to get the proper diagnosis of having mercury toxicity so I could do something about it. Mm -hmm. You know, there's all these things. I mean, testing is just so important. And I would, I, I know there's a lot of doctors that want me to say, you need to find a great practitioner to work with, which I actually do believe. Sure. However, there has not been a single significant victory in my journey that has come because of an initiation of a practitioner. And I wish I could say the opposite because I I love the practitioners that I'm working with right now, but every bit of it was educating myself and connecting the dots on my own story and then taking that to my practitioner. I think I have mercury toxicity. Why do you think that? Tell them why. Oh, you probably do. Let's do some testing on that. And, And it's one of those things that's hard to test for because your body pulls mercury out of your bloodstream because it's so toxic. Into the it's tissues. Hard to get it mm-hmm. on a lab. You know what I yep. mean. So, you know, it's it's just important that all of us are educating ourselves and taking this journey seriously, learning to be an advocate for ourselves, yep. and and creating the lifestyle and not letting ourselves off the hook with excuses. Because I right. know your excuses feel really real. Like this is how my, you don't understand. This is my life, and if if I come into agreement with that for you, then you're doomed. And I have to believe that none of us are doomed. You know, I have to believe that we all somewhere have the ability to choose something different, even if it takes us a minute to really create that for ourselves. And And if we don't believe it, we're never going to shift
0: that. Yeah. It takes time for our body to come into alignment. There's like, these things happen in our body over time. It's not an overnight, well, I'm going to go to bed at eight. And if it doesn't work tonight, then I must not be the, you know, the person who that's the best time to go to sleep. No, it takes time. The nervous system takes time in order to shift. If you try to change it too quickly, you break it, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's where some of the imbalances come in. And this internal environment is so important for the nervous system talk about that a lot in the biology of trauma, like we've got to be recognizing these other internal factors, the biochemical imbalances, the toxicities, all of these things that play a huge role in the nervous system. Yeah, And and then of course, with sleep,
1: you need to think about prioritizing the person that's doing all these things for everybody else. And I'm especially talking to the women, because this is what we do. You know, we put ourselves last and we, do for everyone else. And, Mm -hmm. you know, even at the expense of our own bodies and we actually teach the people in our life that we don't have a voice. Like we do that. We create that reality. If you're feeling invisible in your life, you have to look at how am I being invisible to myself? Because I Mm -hmm. promise you as someone who's had to learn this stuff, the really, really hard way, when you stop being invisible to yourself, and start acknowledging and living in a way that sees you people in your life tend to do the same. And, and sometimes that means maybe switching out some people in your life because you're starting to see yourself and not tolerating people that expect you to be invisible to serve them.
0: You know, I love this, Missy. This is so, so much in line with just the whole trauma recovery. Right. And we, we keep ourselves in these trauma patterns, whether it's our behaviors, our actions, our decisions, sometimes without knowing it, but once we know it, once we see it, yeah, that's the time where we've got to take these powerful decisions to shift that and be the creator's for the sanctuary of our life Mm -hmm. in order to to heal and to live in a way that's that's in alignment with who we really want to be in the world. Become the creators for the sanctuary of our life. This applies to sleep and everything else on the trauma healing journey. This is why I want to empower you with the knowledge and tools to become the expert in your own nervous system. So you can learn how to live in a way that's in alignment with who you really want to be in the world. If you are not sleeping well, you are not going to be who you really want to be in the world. In this next and final part of this podcast episode, I wanna share the tool to help you personalize your sleep journey. It's where I recommend you start because it will allow you to even know what helps and doesn't help as you experiment and try different things. I call this tracking. There are lots of things you can track, and I highly recommend tracking lots of things. Tracking our sleep is where we start to get the most out of our time and effort we're going to invest in improving our sleep. Let me share about tracking your sleep. And so I started then tracking, and I would track one thing at a time, because otherwise it gets way too complicated. So, I started tracking my energy levels because that's what I was noticing was a big problem in my life. Now, if you had known me back then, you would have known that everything was a problem in my life. But I needed to pick one thing to track. So, I was going to pick the biggest thing that was a problem my energy levels. I could barely get through my work day. In fact, there were times when I would have to go out to my car in between patients and take a nap. I was that. Tired. So that needed to change because that was holding me back in every area of life. So that became my first priority. And so I started, I pulled out a piece of paper, put energy level at the top of that page. And every day I would just map it out and I would record what I was doing. I woke up at this time. I did this. I ate this. I did this, I ate this and I started measuring, tracking, when I did that, what was my energy level throughout the day. And then you have to go home and then you have stuff to do at home and you don't want to do anything. you just want to go to bed. and you get invited to go out in the evening with your friends and you know you're supposed to live a balanced life, but there's no way that you're going to go out with your friends or have love with your partner or whatever else you're supposed to do in the evening for a balanced life. There's no energy left. And then once I learned a lot of insights about my energy and what I was doing to try to help, but ended up hurting my energy levels, then I started tracking my sleep the same way, the exact same way. At that time, I didn't even have an aura ring. So I really was just going based off of how my body felt. Now I've got an aura ring that will give me all those juicy details. It will tell you exactly how you slept or how bad you slept, whichever one it is. But back then, I was still just going off of how I felt. How do I feel when I wake up? I feel groggy. Do I feel tired? Do I feel rested? How soon do I start to feel tired again? Do I have to take a nap today? Or is today a two-nap kind of a day? How's my sleep compared to what time I eat dinner? Compared to what I eat for dinner? How's my sleep when I change the temperature in my room? How's my sleep when I change the pillows around me, when I do some somatic work before falling asleep? There started to be no end to the experiments that I found to do to just, I wonder what this will do to my sleep. And it was amazing what I learned. I had no idea all of the things that were in my power to do that would improve my sleep. Had no idea. And so no longer was I able to just complain about not being able to sleep well. It was like, oh no, there's actually a lot that I can do and a lot that I should not be doing in order to have better sleep. But I experimented and actually tracked it on a piece of paper. At the end of the day, you've got to create what works for you. That was what worked for me. Sleep or energy at the top of the page, and then daily recording. If I'm if I'm tracking energy, then I'm going to be tracking energy throughout the day. If I'm tracking sleep, it's kind of like a, well, just a few times, right? Morning, evening. How many more times do I need to check in about my sleep? But then, on the on the rows, it's all the different things that I'm doing. That then can affect that sleep. And so I invite you to start tracking your sleep. This is very similar to the tracking that you learn in the 21 day journey, tracking your nervous system. You get to become the expert in your own nervous system when you learn how to track. Those who meet with one of my biology trauma health coaches for a one-on-one session receive a nervous system tracker to track their nervous system for three days so that we understand what stress and trauma patterns we're working with. Tracking is invaluable. Learning how to track your nervous system and which of the three states of the autonomic nervous system is it in gives you back the control for figuring out what you can do to make things better, to make your life better, to get your body back into the state that will promote health and not disease. In fact, if you are serious about your sleep, take the 21 day journey with me. If you haven't, because you will learn how to track and to become the expert in this thing called the human body, your body, and not just do what everyone else tells you to do regarding sleep because, well, it is supposed to help or it helped them. And it is no surprise to me that people experience a 28% decrease in their sleep issues over the course of the 21 day journey. Even though, get this, we don't even talk about sleep specifically We don't even talk about supplements and herbs and light. We don't talk about that stuff, but just with the work of learning to shift your nervous system, 28% decrease in sleep issues. Become the expert in your own nervous system. Learn how to create those moments of safety, support, and expansion for yourself. Yes, those are the three things we do in the 21 day journey and see what a difference in your life, health, and sleep that makes for you. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode. I am your host for this biology of trauma podcast, Dr. Amy, and I wish for you better sleep tonight as you implement one practical tool from this episode and start tracking your sleep until next episode. Thank you for joining me today. If you enjoyed today's show, be sure to subscribe. We definitely will learn, laugh, and sometimes cry together on this healing journey. And you won't want to miss an episode give my podcast five stars, share it with a friend or colleague. If you felt an impact as it truly helps get the word out and breaking the paradigm of how we do trauma work. I look forward to seeing you back here next week. Until then, this is your host, Dr. Amy, sending you lots of love.